Hello, and welcome to this week's Small Business MBA. My name is Yasmeen Ali. A task that we do in one of our learning courses is to have entrepreneurs record the tasks that take up the majority of their time. As you can imagine, this varies a lot from business to business. We then have them rank the strategic importance of each task. And then we have them look at the complexity of each task. The idea is that between the strategic importance and the complexity, an entrepreneur can objectively and analytically decide whether they should be using their own time performing a task or whether this should be given to someone else. One of the tasks that comes up most often as something that should be delegated, but yet something that takes up a lot of the entrepreneur's time, is preparing quotes. A quote or quotation is, within a business definition, a formal offer to supply a potential client. Now, when we think about quotes, we often think of it as just being the price that we're willing to supply at. However, it goes beyond the price. It should actually outline the conditions that we're willing to perform the work under, including all the terms and conditions attached to the work being done. Remember that under the Consumer Protection Act, and as a document that falls under the prescriptive forms required by SARS, a quotation is a legally binding document. So if you're creating it, you better make sure that it represents your business and more importantly, protects your business. Terms and conditions. This is something we hear about a lot. But in small businesses, these are often non-existent. So what are some of the terms and conditions that should be attached to your quotation. There are three main areas that every quote must address, namely payment, conditions of the work, and exclusions. First, let's look at payment. This must include the price being charged per line item, the total price before VAT, and the total price after VAT. Of course, if you're not VAT registered, you may not charge VAT. So this should never appear on your quotation. Further to the price, your quote must also include your payment terms. Do you require a deposit before the work will be started? If so, how much? What are the details for the deposit? What is the position on refunds? These are some of the most common and important terms with regard to payment, but by far not an exhaustive list, and also something that I often find severely lacking in small businesses. Next, the terms will generally outline the conditions of the work. This will include items like delivery times, and in service-oriented businesses in particular, things like where the work will be performed and the conditions required for your staff while carrying out the work. One of the items often missing is a reasonable hours and communication clause, which states not only how many hours would be needed to complete the work, but also how many communication hours would be reasonable. Much of our time as service businesses is spent on the phone with clients who feel entitled to call us at any time of the day. This can often extend to unreasonable hours and wastes time that we can be using to find new sales or a multitude of other tasks. Finally, we'll look at exclusions. In other words, under what circumstances would we not be willing to perform the work? This, in, this can include non-payment, 
time factors, changes in circumstances, such as extreme economic changes, for example, or clauses related to the availability of raw materials. Where the client is an active participant in the delivery, so for example, for a photographer, it can also include clauses related to the role of the client in the overall delivery. Basically, our exclusions talk to when we would not be able to deliver on this deal and how we will seek to remedy it. Now, of course, there will be also a multitude of industry-specific terms and conditions that you should look to include in your quote. In fact, in some industries, it's legislated that you must include certain terms and conditions. But don't be scared to tailor-make this to suit you and the unique circumstances of your business. What many entrepreneurs do not know is that quotations are actually governed by SARS and that there is a minimum prescriptive format that quotes must follow. In other words, there are things that must appear on your quote according to SARS. Because not only is it a legally binding document, but also a fiscally strategic document in your business. So after the break, we talk to a psycho-registered accountant about the financially mandated requirements for your quotations. Welcome back to Small Business MBA. I'm now joined by a chartered accountant and fellow entrepreneur to help us figure out our quotations. George, welcome once again. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so the last time you were here, we were talking invoices, right? Yes. Um, and today we're talking quotes, which are kind of, you know, the almost the twin brother yeah. <laughs> of the of the invoice. So let's let's talk just a very quick recap on you know the format of what this should look like. Okay, so like similar to the invoice, mm -hmm. um, how I've set up the templates for my quoting, it's uh, the only difference between my invoice and my quote is the fact that on the top of um, my document it says quotation or tax invoice. Um, the critical things that needed to be in the tax invoice, as we touched on uh, mm -hmm. previously, was tax invoice um, has to be written there. Yeah. Um, the name, the address, and the VAT registration number mm -hmm. of the seller, as well as the name, address, and VAT mm -hmm. registration number of the buyer. Okay. Um, we need a description, yeah. as well as the quantity of the goods sold, and then the price, as well as the VAT amount. Um, I've set up my quotations in exactly that format. Um, and the date. And the date, <laughs> yes, of course. See, I remembered. <laughs> of course, the date and the sequential numbering. <laughs> um, and, of course, just to, just to reiterate, if you're not VAT registered, it's just an invoice. Yes. And if you are VAT registered, it's a tax invoice. Correct, 100%. Okay, so one of the issues that I often see with my entrepreneurs is that We've got the format of the, of the quote, beautiful, yeah. uh, but the problem is the terms and conditions that should be attached to the quote just are non-existent. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the most important terms and conditions yeah. that you should be attaching to every quote. 
Perfect. So this is an area that, that I personally also struggled in because you don't really know, or I didn't know when I started trading, mm. um, what T's and C's I need to add. But gradually, um, you kind of figure out, uh, you get a little bit of pushback from clients, and yeah. then you say, okay, hold on, let me add that into the bottom of my quote because that's information that needs to go to the client uh, immediately so he knows um, uh, what he's dealing with. Uh, and, and I think that it's important to, to understand that your T's and C's are a learning curve. Yes, yeah. oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> You, you create them um, no. in order to deal with the situations that your business yes. finds itself in. So not everybody's yeah. T's and C's are going to be exactly the same. No. So, so, I mean, we in the clothing industry and what we do is we make bespoke suits. Mm -hmm. So um, when a client comes and purchases a suit from us, we request or require a 50% deposit up front mm -hmm. and then the balance of the payment on final delivery of the garment. Okay. So that is recorded in in my T's and C's on the quotation, just so that the client or the buyer um, is familiar with what is expected in terms of his financial commitment. Okay, and, and, and with that, the, the, the next condition is generally without that 50% deposit you know, basically, we're not going to we're not going to start working on your on your order. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I mean, you're at financial risk. If they haven't accepted the quotation, um, and you know, you only raise an invoice when you've received payment, or where, uh, or otherwise, unless you've extended him a line of credit, mm -hmm. um, you run the risk of a financial loss. So I could have started with production of a suit uh, without getting payment, and then two days later, he says, um, "No, thanks. I don't feel like the suit anymore," and I'm sitting with um, with the loss. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of small businesses do get themselves into, into financial trouble. Yep. Because, you know, we don't think in terms yep. of, I'm actually outputting something here in order to mm. create this, this, this product. Or even um, if it is a service, you're actually spending money in order to deliver this service before yeah. the client is paying you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, another, another key thing that, that we've put in over there is we sell accessories. And 100% um, of the payment is expected upfront for all mm -hmm. the accessories that we sell. Because, I mean, it's a cash deal. You want a product, you take the product, we need uh, the cash for it. So, so our clients need to mm. know or know the difference between buying a bespoke suit or buying one of our products that is readily available. Okay, yeah. okay. so we have our deposit. Um, we have that certain items are regarded as cash, regardless of yeah. who you are. Um, Let's talk about um, where you are extending a line of credit. Okay. Okay, so um, how would you phrase that within, within your terms and conditions? Again, yeah. you know, like um, the, the last time you were here, we spoke about doing it as simply as possible so yeah. that a six-year-old can understand it. Yes. Where a lot of the time I find that entrepreneurs try to make it a little too complicated. Absolutely, yeah. So, so I suppose keep to the basics. Um, the, the, if you're extending a line of credit, then you can deter, just put down your payment terms. So I, my payment terms are 30 days or uh, 60 days, um, and then just ensure that the client's paid you uh, in accordance with, with your payment terms. And um, I think another important thing is it's not either or. So, no. you know, you can, you can take a deposit up front yes. and then extend a line of credit for X number of days. Correct. 
um, for the remainder of the payment. Because yeah. I think I think a lot of time, a lot of the time, um, entrepreneurs do get stuck on, oh, if I'm taking a deposit, then you know I can't give him credit, and that's yeah. not the case. It's your business; you set your terms. No, absolutely. Yeah. So whatever's going to work for you and your clients, um, ultimately, it's a relationship that you're trying to build. Um, so so you also can't give, you can't be too pushy, and you can't give nothing back. Um, uh, you need to you need to make sales, and what's going to work for you and your clients is, is is what needs to go in those terms and conditions. Okay, great. So we've got we've got our, our payment terms and conditions, sure. and, and to me that's always the most important <laughs> yep. because if you're not getting paid, you're not in business. Oh, exactly. Okay, but there are other terms and conditions that we need to take into account as well. So, yes. what are some of the other things that we might want to include in? in um, terms? There's shipping uh, terms and conditions. There's delivery times. There's okay. um, you know for for me a, a major thing thing is uh, guys who come in, uh, we measure them up and we give you this perfectly fitted suit and you come back. <laughs> and it's not two, so perfectly fitted anymore. <laughs> exactly. So they come back two months later and um, they've, they've gained 10 kilograms and all of a sudden it's, uh, we need to remake the suit. So, so one of our T's and T's is um, we will do alterations, but uh, we will not be responsible um, for, for any major weight gain, uh, weight weight gains or losses uh, where we can't make those alterations for you. Now there's a very specific yeah. term yeah. <laughs> that's so, in your business. It's a massive risk to us. It's, uh, you see, and the only way that we found out is when we got caught out once or twice. Mm -hmm. We said, okay, we need to actually stipulate this in our T's and C's so that our clients are aware of the way that we do business. So what, what I'm hearing is that it's important for you to understand your own business and what the risks are exactly. inherent in your own business and write that into your terms and conditions because yeah. I mean, not everybody's going to have a weight gain clause in the <laughs> but, you know, in different businesses, there are different risks, and it's important that you protect yourself yeah. for those, especially yeah. um, from the financial aspect of those risks. Absolutely. I mean, a, a return policy would also be a good mm -hmm. um, point of putting in there, and also um, how something is going to be cared for, i.e., would, would um, risks lie with the seller until mm -hmm. delivery, or would risks lie with the buyer? Um, and when would that point of risk and return um, pass? Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing that you that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago was um, delivery. Yes. Um, and it's another thing that I often see as being glaringly absent from <laughs> a lot of um, entrepreneurial businesses. Um, you know, outlying who's responsible for for delivery, if there's any surcharge for delivery, for example. Yes. Um, you know. Basically, everything around yeah. shipping and delivery. Yeah. Again, um, just help us phrase that in a very, in a very simple way. So, I mean, uh, that is probably a critical part of, of your T's and C's because uh, you probably you're likely to get into a little bit of a um, mm. dispute uh, when you send the client an invoice for the 250 rand delivery fee to Cape Town. Um, but in your T's and C's, you can say all delivery costs are for the account of the purchaser, or you can say for orders above 500 rand. Um, uh, deliveries are free, so so whatever whatever you're comfortable um, taking on and payment that you you happy to uh, make on behalf of your buyer, that okay. should be listed in your T's and C's. Uh, anything can that can avoid any misunderstandings um, that you and you'd like to specifically bring it to the buyer's attention. Put that in your T's and C's uh, because it, it will save you a lot of. Uh, headaches and grey hairs. <laughs> Absolutely, I think I think that the, the 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 key point is be as clear as possible. Correct, correct. Okay, so I just want to transfer all this to the invoice for a second. Sure. Okay, just kind of where we're at, um, because we spoke about taking deposits and then and then having terms. 
uh, we spoke about delivery costs might or might not. Yeah. So all of this is, is, is in my head making my invoice look a little fuzzy. <laughs> how, would it, how would it impact the way that we'd create our invoice? So, so the quotation is basically going to be on, or in my business, it's going to be on the product that we're selling. As soon as I've created the invoice, um, and there is a requirement for delivery. I would add that as a line item in my invoice okay. uh, because this is what my accounting package is going to generate as revenue and what I need to record in my, in my income statement. Um, so if I'm receiving the 100 Rand for my product mm -hmm. as well as an, a, an additional 20 Rand for delivery, I need to be able to account for that additional 20 Rand. So I would put it as a line item into the invoice. Okay, so... Yeah. so um, that goes straight into your invoice as a line item. Um, how do we record the payment of the 50% deposit, for example? So I, for every client that I get, I create an account. So mm -hmm. I've got, a, I've got a, um, a customer account for each client. And I, as I create the invoice, the full amount is debited to his account. Mm -hmm. And on receipt of the 50% deposit, I credit his account. So what's owing is the balance or the remainder, which is to be paid on collection. Okay, so basically just as things happen, just record, yes. record each thing as it happens yeah. is, the, is yeah. the bottom line too. It's, it's, it's probably the single biggest risk in my business is not having my debtors book up to date. Yeah. So that's what you touched on earlier is your, your cash flow. Yeah. Um, and cash is king. Without cash flow, you can't do business. So my debtors book is where I probably spend the most amount of time just scrutinizing it and making sure every invoice has been captured or every quotation has been converted into an invoice where in order to be taken up, every invoice has been captured, yeah. that it's sequentially numbered, yeah. that every receipt that I've received from a customer is recorded against his customer name, that no production has been mm. started on any goods unless I've received a 50% deposit. And holding firm on those terms and conditions because, Absolutely. And because especially when times mm. are tough and when you're getting to that end of the month yeah. and those yeah. salaries need to get paid, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's easy for us to start wavering but yeah. you're just creating bigger problems for yourself in future. Oh, that's exactly that. So, so we've, we've taken a firm commitment to say these are our terms and conditions mm -hmm. and we will not um, kind of give in to them for anyone, whether it's my father or whether it's a, a customer. <laughs> this, is how, this is how we operate our business. <laughs> Hope um, your father watches the show. <laughs> <laughs> just one last thing that I want to touch on very quickly. Um, what, what is a pro forma invoice? I feel as though a performer invoice is very similar to a quotation. Mm -hmm. So it's an um, it's invoice that you give to a client, but there's no firm commitment or financial commitment that he's going to buy. So you can see um, the mapping out of the invoice, what it's mm -hmm. going to cost him. It's also going to include all the delivery charges that we spoke about previously and, and pretty much anything that, that can be thrown into the invoice that the, that the client is essentially going to have to pay for can be listed in the performer invoice. A lot of companies um, also request that a pro forma invoice be sent to them so that they can generate a purchase order on it. Um, and with that purchase order, that, uh, that signed purchase order gives you the comfort that um, they committed to, to paying, um, paying the invoice. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that's where it's come from more than, more than anywhere else, where, you know, entrepreneurs are being asked, you know, like, you know, can you send me a performer invoice? And they're yeah. kind of standing there going, uh, uh, what? what? <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so really good tip is send them a quotation 
um, and let them sign off, create a purchase order off your quotation if your accounting package doesn't allow for pro forma invoices. Don't create an invoice and think it's a pro forma invoice because as soon as you've created an invoice, it's recognizing revenue in your income statement. And then you have to create credit notes and your supplier's statement looks like, a, like an absolute dog show and, and tracking and, and um, audit trails become an issue. So I think the bottom line to, to, to quotations as well as, as, as your invoicing system yeah. and our terms and conditions is keep it as simple as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and design it for, for your business because you know, yeah. at the end of the day, your business is different to everyone else's. Correct. 100%. George, yet again, thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for sharing your insights with our entrepreneurs. Thank you so much and it's been great being here. After the break, we recap our quotations and we look at specifically what the most important terms and conditions are to include in your quotations. Join us for that. Welcome back to Small Business MBA. Today we're talking about the quote and I want to finish this episode off by just looking at the format of the quote. The first thing that we need to look at is right at the top, we need the details of both businesses, including the VAT details, the VAT registration numbers, um, contact details for both parties. When we looked at the invoice way back, we saw that not only do we need to include the contact details, but we need to include the departmental details. So make sure that it goes to the right person who's making the decision around your quotation. The next thing is one of my favorite topics when it comes to quotations and invoices, and that is the numbering system. So right at the top, the first thing it's going to say is quote or quotation, and then it's going to have a number attached to it. Now your numbering system needs to be clearly understood, it needs to be sequential, it needs to be chronological, but most of all, it just needs to make sense. The guests spoke about how, you know, just keep one numbering system for everything. I've seen clients very effectively split up their numbering according to their main client and then everyone else so that it makes it easier to interact with their main client and it makes it easier for them to find any documentation relating to that main client. Either way, figure out what works for you. Remember that no two businesses are the same and your numbering system, while it should be logical, while it should be easy to understand, must make sense for your business. The next thing is the date. Now the date and the number generally go very close to each other and this is a double check on the numbering as well. In addition to that, remember that quotes are generally valid for a certain number of days. Within certain industries, that number of days is very short, so the date is really important. If you get the date wrong and something is only valid for 14 days, it's actually well within your client's rights to demand that you give it to them at that price regardless of when they order. So make sure that your date is set up properly and that your date is clear. I prefer actually using words so that there is no confusion between you know, 10 slash 12 being the 10th of December or the 12th of October. Make sure that your client knows what your what your terms are in terms of how long your pricing is valid for and make sure that it is strongly related to the date on your, on your quotation. 
The next thing is that you're going to outline all the products or services. You need to be really specific. And we went into a lot of detail with George in terms of how he does it for his particular tailoring business. You need to look at what are you providing and how much detail is necessary for somebody else to be able to pick that quotation up if it was to be accepted and deliver on that quotation. You need to not just have your not just have how many units, you need how many units at what particular specifications. Of course, you need to have your pricing per item and you need to have what the total per line item therefore is. Each line item needs to be very needs to be very clear and each line item needs to relate specifically to that line item. It doesn't matter if your if your quotations actually go multiple pages. I've seen that a number of times, especially when lots of different types of products are being ordered. D don't take it as a as a negative thing within your business. Rather err on the side of being very cautious and making sure that both you and your potential client understand exactly what you're getting yourselves into. The next thing is your prices. Yay, the numbers, the, the money bits, the parts that make us happy. In addition to the price per item that you've already listed within the main body, you need to give your client what the total price is before that. And then if you're VAT registered, you need to give what the VAT amount is. And then finally, the total invoice value. In other words, what's the total including VAT? That's the final amount that your client is going to be expected to pay you. And that's usually the first place where your client is going to start looking. So one of the tricks that I found is that bold that item, uh, make it a different color if you're sending it electronically, um, so that that item stands out and automatically your client's um, attention is drawn to the, the final number and then you can go into the detail and analyze it to see whether that final number is actually worth it. And then of course, your terms and conditions. We spoke about this a lot. Your terms and conditions need to be clear. Your terms and conditions need to be simple. Your terms and conditions need to protect you at the end of the day because your terms and conditions for your business is what your clients are going to hold you to at the end of the day. It's also what you're going to hold them to in terms of especially your payments. Again, I'm just going to reiterate that this is often where debtors falls flat. Your terms and conditions aren't set up properly for your payments in your quotation. You're not going to be able to collect on the money that's owed to you and therefore your business is going to end up in a cash flow crisis. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and a very big episode on quotations. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.